morning. It's almost been a week since we had civil procedure, but I do need to go over the material. It's been a really crazy week just because we have a writing brief coming up as well as a midterm on Friday. So ultimately, these are just going to be very quick episodes just outlining what discovery is, the scope, and then just some of the limitations, at least the initial limitations that we'll talk about as far as discovery goes. So I want to give that outline and then... I need to get back to studying. I mean, this is study, obviously, but I need to get back to writing and reading for contracts. That way I'm just ready for that midterm. Anyways, discovery. Well, an overview of discovery is discovery stage two, and it's all about discovering facts. What are the facts that are necessary for a case to actually be successful at trial? It's not talking about the law at all, not uh, an issue about legal application, but it's gathering all the facts that are necessary to prove the legal application. And as a result, most of the cases that enter discovery are lost in discovery, and that's because the plaintiff has a very high burden to prove to actually say, hey, these facts actually meet this case. There are several discovery rules. Uh, These are rules 26 through 37, but rule 16 also outlines a little bit of discovery stuff. So let's go over it. Some of these rules just briefly uh, to give an overview of how it works. Rule 16 are for hearings, but the very first hearing that you have after the pleading stage would be a discovery hearing. Uh, It's a requirement for both parties to meet together with the judge and they come up with a discovery schedule. And so this is when they're talking with the judge, they determine when discovery starts and when it ends, and this end is called cutoff, when discovery is cut off. And usually discovery period is between six to nine months, but it can last longer, up to a year and beyond as well. Rule 26 talks about the scope of discovery. We'll get into the scope later, so I won't focus on that in this episode. But very brief summary of scope is the word relevant. Material needs to be relevant in order to be discoverable. So how do you gather materials through discovery? Rules 28, 34, and 33, I guess I said that a little out of order, are the rules for how you can actually gather material. Rule 28 is for depositions, and so you can have up to 10 depositions uh, without permission from the court to have extra ones. Each deposition is for each individual and can last up to seven hours long. So they're really long, their interviews conducted, Uh, to gather witnesses, to prepare them for trial, uh, gather factual testimony, and they're typically recorded in video, and they're also transcribed by a court reporter. A judge is not present. It's only the attorneys there who are interviewing, and the attorney who is interviewing is called taking the deposition, and the opposing lawyer uh, will defend the deposition. Rule 33 are interrogatories. And these are a list of questions that a lawyer can write. So it's 25 written questions that are served to the other party. And these are always done. They don't always produce results because most of these, the information that you can gather, you get through other means of discovery anyways. But it's something that you always do, and the other party is obligated to respond to those questions um, that are served upon them. And then 34 is producing documents, and this is where most of the information is gathered. Uh, It can be paper documents, email, videos, uh, pictures, etc. Everything 
that are necessary to actually say, hey, this is what was going on. Um, before gathering documents, though, there are some documents that are automatically required to be disclosed without the other party needing to ask for them. So, for example, discovery starts regardless of what side you are on, you are obligated to disclose these four things without being asked for them. And the four things are name and addresses of your good witnesses. So these are the witnesses that support your position. You don't need to automatically disclose witnesses that are opposed to your position. Uh, you need to disclose any arguments that support your claim or your defense. Uh, you need to disclose injury information, how much damages had occurred. And then you need to disclose whether or not you have insurance. And then all other documents are not automatically disclosed and are gathered through uh, the means of discovery that we had previously mentioned, whether it's Rule 28, 34, or 33. As far as handling disputes, say one party doesn't want to give up documents, uh, there are two rules of how to handle these disputes. Uh, there are three steps, and then I'll get into the two rules. Really, it's a discovery dispute happens. People are fighting about whether or not material is discoverable. They need to attempt to resolve the dispute, and if they are unable to resolve, then uh, the party who is either requesting material or hoping to prevent material from being discovered needs to include a motion of certification saying, I attempted to resolve this issue, and now we need the court's help to enforce it. So Rule 37 is a motion for an order to compel. That means you're asking the court to compel evidence and be discoverable. And so the party who is bringing the motion must bring the certification that we mentioned in good faith, and that good faith means that you attempted to resolve it. And the purpose of having the certification is just to show that you attempted to resolve it without the court because the court doesn't want to be involved in discovery because courts are finders of the law and not finders of the fact. And so a lot of this material, courts want to stay out of it if they're possible. But if it's unable to be resolved and Rule 37 it comes into effect and a court has to say, hey, you need to give up these documents. And if the attorneys are not complying, well, then the judge could issue sanctions, according to this rule, for failing to comply with discovery standards. So a good way of thinking of Rule 37, this is what we mentioned in class, is the sword. It's attacking, trying to get those uh, documents discoverable. Rule 26C, however, is a motion for protective order. And so this is to protect certain information from becoming discoverable. So whereas Rule 37 is a sword, you can think of Rule 26C as a shield blocking uh, any unjustified reasons from material to be discoverable. So that's a little bit of an overview of discovery. It's a development of the facts. You determine when discovery starts and ends. You know what kind of material is discoverable. That's through relevancy. You know how to gather uh, material through uh, discovery, what materials need to be automatically disclosed, and how to handle any disputes that may arise. And then in the next episode, we'll talk about more of the scope of discovery, which focuses on what kinds of materials are allowed.
Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.